All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Meme Factory podcast. This evening, we have David Bennett, host of Bitcoin and Fame, the podcast. David, uh, if you want to introduce yourself, give a little bit about yourself, please go ahead. Yeah, uh, David Bennett. I am also Nunya Business on Twitter. If you're following me, you probably sh- probably shouldn't be. And if you're not following me, fuck you. I just I'm, I'm just <laughs> done with your ass. So I am the host of the Bitcoin and podcast, which has been on hiatus for a couple of about a about a full week since I got sick. That's not good. Uh, it will return. It's a daily news show. Uh, nobody there's really not a news show it's like I, I i was like i started the whole damn thing because i just wanted somebody to read read me the daily news about bitcoin because i didn't want to read it so what the hell happened i am now actually reading on a daily basis the news that i didn't want to read in the first damn place because nobody else was doing it so i did it and i'm in episode next episode will be 503 it's been going on for a little over three years now so congratulations on that 500th episode i listened to that one this morning just to uh just to hear what you did and it was absolutely nothing it was fantastic Ah! (laughs) didn't give away away anything didn't do anything special and it was the most bitcoin thing i've ever heard Uh, oh yeah i i have a i have a problem with uh giveaways and contests and and that kind of stuff, which is why my podcast sucks. It's, it's got no listeners because apparently the only way that you can get listeners is to give them shit. No, and you, your I podcast just, is fantastic. You and Simply Bitcoin are my daily drivers, man. You guys do the really? news. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hashtag me too. Yep. I appreciate that. I, I really do. But yeah, if you're coming to my show to get some free shit, Dude, I'm broke as a barn mouse. You ain't getting crap out of me. I'm lucky to actually be able to buy beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of being able to buy things, um, I know you haven't seen the show before, but one of the only ways we're able to keep this thing running is that we solicit sponsors, and since we're nobodies, we tell them that our guests are actually going to do the ad read. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have access to your uh, to your Twitter DMs right now, but I sent you the ad copy for this week. If you could take a look at that and Let's see. I got it. Hold on. Hold on. I might have to pull it. I might have to pull it closer. That's all right. Dang it. Just down, girl. All right. I, I got it. So what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to switch some stuff around. On my screens. Take your time. This is important for us because we uh, we can't continue the podcast unless we actually have sponsorship. All right, I got the ad read in front of me. I am ready to roll. So I guess I just read it out. All right, let's start this. Hello, this is David Bennett, Bitcoin podcaster and chicken enthusiast. I love my cock, but it wakes me up too early every day just raging at the sun is your rooster making too much noise all the time is your rooster constantly hunting and pecking and stomping around all the time is your rooster waking you up at the crack of dawn every morning by crowing at the sun yelling cock-a-doodle-doo when all you want to say is cock-a-doodle-don't driving you crazy think there's no answer You're so stupid. There is rooster restrainers. Finally, there's an elegant, comfortable muzzle slash restraining harness for roosters. Since I've been using mine, I can't hear fucking anything from the rooster. Is this, is your rooster skinny, one-legged, fat? It doesn't matter because one size fits all rooster restrainers available online at cocksupplies.com at a 10% discount. With the promo code, don't kill that rooster. Hey. Nice job, Apple. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you I'll be here all us. week. I'll be here all Thank week. Thank you for helping us get paid. We Thank you. I think we got a, bo- we got a bonus with that one. You do? Yeah. yeah. That's, Can that's I show my cock now? Are you anytime my cock. Uh, yeah, no, please. No, no, no. There it is. my cock, guys. That's a giant cock. That's up, a beautiful bro. cock. <laughs> Thank you. That is. That's Majestic. an amazing cock. It's, Majestic it's like, and 
That's and I have to arm. notice it's it's cold also there. And it's so majestic. And it's still big. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. been eating a lot. Length, <laughs> it looks engorged. Cock. That thing's amazing. Yeah. No shrinking. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, David, you uh, you and your wife used to be professors, right? Or your wife no. still is? My wife is uh, was a professor. She told the academy, and for those not in college, if you go to a university or college or anything like that, all of them together form what's called the academy. And she gave him the finger, said, fuck you. Because I'm tired of your bullshit. I'm tired of the way that you treat people. I'm tired of the money grubbing. I'm tired of the palm rubbing. I'm tired of my daddy knows Senator Sam Houston, and you're going to get fired because you made me feel bad. All that bullshit, because that shit actually happens. That shit's been happening for a long time in academia. So now she is going to, I think she's uh, going to go back to tech um, and teach as an adjunct professor because she does, she just got done with the whole tenure track bullshit. Now, me, myself, I have a master's degree in science, which, which does not put me into a situation where I can be a professor. You have to have a PhD in whatever field you're going to get. Hmm. Um, however, just because you have a PhD doesn't mean you know anything to wit. There was a professor and I didn't know him. It was before my time at uh, Texas Tech Health Sciences Center uh, down in Lubbock. I used to work there. And I used to hear all the kinds of stories about crazy, crazy bastards. And there was this one guy, full-blown molecular biology professor, right? not stupid, got pissed because he didn't get tenure and decided to grab a bottle, like a one liter bottle of what's called Mercaptan. If you don't know what that is, it's the odorant that they put into natural gas to make it smell like rotten eggs. All right. So what you're smelling when you when you smell natural gas, what you're smelling is the odorant that they put in at like, I don't know, one like one part per per million, something like that, because it's so strong. He took a whole bottle of this shit, spun the cap off and walked up and down the halls with it, with his finger over the top in a glove and was dripping it on the carpet along all the offices clearly he got fired clearly he got fired but they had to completely remediate the third floor this was like 30 years ago something like that so just because somebody's got a phd don't go believing that they actually know everything that there is okay they know a lot about one tiny thing right and that's in my opinion that's not well-rounded. Now, speaking about knowing a lot about one tiny thing, I've uh, I've heard through the grapevine that you are a bit of a soil expert, and I have no idea what that means or how it relates to Bitcoin. But I'm hoping you're going to help me connect those dots. Okay, let's let's connect two dots: Bitcoin and regenerative agriculture and permaculture, which that's where all the soil stuff comes in so my rabbit hole story coincides with this collision that you're that everybody's seeing with regenerative agriculture and bitcoin because if you haven't seen that collision you're clearly not on bitcoin twitter because it's been going on for a while <clears throat> so what i find funny is that before i knew about bitcoin i started just consuming mass quantities of YouTube videos and podcasts about, uh, at first it was, God, what was it? It was like, it was not, not aquaculture. It was, um, like aeroponics, hydroponics. And it wasn't because I wanted to grow dope. It was actually, I was, I actually was like thinking about food and was trying, I had heard a couple things and I'm like, okay, well, I'll check it out. And I got captivated by aeroponics and hydroponic technology. And all that is, is basically growing plants in water and nutrients and no soil is involved. So, you know, pumps that pump this water and 
in aeroponics, it's like a fine mist spray on the roots. And that turned into uh, aquaculture or uh, was aquaponics, uh, kind of like where you get, where you raise fish in the water and they're the ones that provide the nutrients instead of chemical nutrients. And yeah. that became fascinating, like really, really fascinating. And that led me to what's called permaculture, which is a design, it's, it's, it's a design science. It's not a way of gardening. It's a way of thinking about building permanent, working with the earth to build permanence. That's where the perma comes from. Culture, the permaculture part of the, the permaculture word is actually a collision between permanent and culture, but not permanent agriculture. It literally means permanent human culture because you can't have permanence of human culture without food. And so th without getting into the weeds of that, that became fascinating. And it led me to a podcast called the, uh, the Survival Podcast, uh, which is hosted by a guy named Jack Spirico, who's up in Azle, Texas, uh, somewhere around Fort Worth. And he's a permaculturist, but he's also a survivalist, um, gun nut, redneck, duck farmer, right? There you go. And I started listening to his podcast, not because I was like interested in survival. That was actually the, the last part of it that I wanted to get into. It was more about agriculture and regenerative agriculture and soil and why this shit is important and why I should care. I'm not saying anybody else should care. You probably should, but that's your business. I'm not here to point fingers and tell people that they suck because they don't look at soil. That's just me because I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. All right. So I get into this guy and by this time I had heard about Bitcoin, not read the white paper. A friend of mine sent it to me. I looked at it, dismissed it out of hand, just like that. Like a lot of people do. Uh, and then I kept hearing about it and I kept hearing about it until finally one day, this Jack Spirico guy goes, okay, look, dudes, you're going to have to look at, you're going to have to look at Bitcoin because this is the way that it's going to go. And I'm like, well, shit, I've heard it from my friends. I've heard it on the news. I've heard about it from this and that. And by this time, Dogecoin had come up and they were sponsoring that race car. I don't know. If, do you guys remember that? The race car of Dogecoin? Okay. So it's around that time that Jack Spirico starts talking about Bitcoin. And I go, okay, fuck it. I, I, I got I to take a deeper look. Because by this time, I've been listening to the dude for like three years or something like that. And I take a look. I buy some Bitcoin. I get hooked. I'm, I, I circle the rim of the rabbit hole and drop in like a fucking golf ball. And I'm lost forever. And so that was you, 2015. Oh, right here, bro. I was like, I, I, I got your Peter. I got your, I got your Peter McCormick. Damn it. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so, so I drop in like a golf ball, never, never to return to normal, to anything remotely approaching normal. I, I, I have, I, I've, I've come to grips with that, that fact. I'm never coming back. There's just, there's no place for me else in the, in the other world. <clears throat> so that's 2015. <clears throat> Here we are. Let's come to 2020. And right sort of at, I'm going to say somewhere around October of 2020. We're firmly knee deep in the COVID crap. All right. And all the bullshit. And everybody's freaking out, losing their mind. And all of a sudden, this guy, oh, uh, untapped growth starts talking about regenerative agriculture and i'm looking at what he's doing and i'm like i know all this stuff this is this is the world that i inhabited before bitcoin like what the hell is this guy doing how's like am i not the only one that is a geek about soil and how we can change the world by doing the shit that our ancestors did eight you know eighteen thousand years ago uh, and and all the way up until basically the the green revolution of chemical fertilizers. Now, so not everybody start, is familiar with untapped growth. So I want to take a minute and if you can tell everybody what okay. he's doing, just so they okay. understand the context here. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, so untapped growth is it, it's at untapped growth on Twitter. 
if you're not following him, you probably should. Uh, he is starting something that essentially, because I, I don't know it well enough to, because I, I, I'm not going to put words in untapped gross mouth, but basically he's building a structure where people that want to raise cows and want to work land are hooked up with people that either have money or have land and somehow get these guys together to start growing cows on land, eating grass and doing all the stuff that cows do, which we can get into later if we want to. But cows on land is like the engine of the land. All right. It's like the, if you look at, if you look at the earth and all the people that are screaming at the top of their lungs about carbon, oh my God, carbon's going to kill us all. We can get into this one later if we want, but for right now, the people that are screaming the most are the people that want to take the animals off the land. If you do that, you're going to turn the entire fucking planet into a desert. And it's going to happen so quick that it'll make your head swim because the animal itself is the actual engine. The earth itself and the land that those animals exist on is like the, the car chassis. Without both of those components together, what you got is a fucking junkyard. That's what you have, right? A whole bunch of rusted out cars that ain't going nowhere, ain't doing nobody a damn bit of good. That's a really right? good so, metaphor. So what he's doing is he's showing that Bitcoin regenerative agriculture and the ability to hook people up with investors and people that, that want to live on the land and get back to those kind of roots, he's kind of pulling all that together. And when I started my podcast, one of the one things that I wanted to do was start talking more about regenerative agriculture, but it morphed and it came in, it started becoming more of a new show, which is fine. I mean, shit changes. You really can't do a damn thing about that, but be that as it may, I start seeing other people. Uh, there's like a whole, there, there's the, the whole Meshtadel con, uh, concept is being put forth by uh, at Soul Exporter and his son, Soul Exboy. He's been, they've been talking to Daniel Prince on his podcast, and he's been talking to other people that are getting into regenerative agriculture. So now let's move all the way till today, to today. All right. So we, we started in 2015. I get into regen agriculture through various means. I end up, you, that ends up leading me to Bitcoin. That leads me to the rabbit hole. I spin down that son of a bitch and I pop out the other end. And what do I find? The same shit I left. Regenerative agriculture, people wanting to be back on the land. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? If you, if you watch the movie, Alice in Wonderland and she falls down that rabbit hole and she turns upside down midway through, and she pops out and it's a completely different world, but it's still a world. It's not like some kind of dreamland. It's not like she's out in outer space. She's like literally in a forest. And there's, it's like the same thing, only different. And that's how I got to, that's literally how I got to be here. And I'm watching the same people, like we, the other fascinating thing about it is, is that when I got to the other end of the rabbit hole, and there's no real end to the rabbit hole. It's just that I'm in this world. What I started finding out almost immediately between 2015 and 2017 is that the Bitcoiners were reading the exact same books that the regen ad guys were reading. They were reading Nassim Taleb. Screw that guy. They were reading, and it's not, it's not because of his book. It's because he turned into, a, a, I don't know, We'll yes, leave that there. Whatever. It, in either event, they're reading the same Taleb. They're talking about anti-fragility. They're talking about all the same stuff. And the Bitcoiners are reading the same books that the Regen Act guys that I left were reading. And I, it's like, it's like a giant circle. And I've literally, I'm at that connection right now. I'm back where I started only. It's not a circle. It's a spiral. So I'm here. I'm, I'm down, but I'm in the same spot that I, you know, started up. It's just down or either up or whatever you want to say. But I find I'm finding this entire thing really fascinating. So watching Soul Exporter and Daniel Prince and all these guys talk about regen agriculture is really starting to get me excited. 
I mean, I was excited about just Bitcoin, but now I'm like looking at what can be done when you get Bitcoiner mindset and attach that to regen agriculture mindset. And holy shit, if the if the the guys that are just losing their crap about climate and CO2 and all that kind of crap, if they would shut up for 10 minutes and learn about how soil actually works, they would find out that the reason we've got a goddamn carbon problem is because we've destroyed every square inch of the soil. It's a carbon sink and we screwed it up. And now they're like, well, all the carbon's going into the ocean and it's acidifying the oceans. Yeah, damn right, you dumbass, because it's got nowhere else to go because Monsanto and Cargill and Arthur Daniels Midland and all the rest of these asswipes have been paying and lobbying for decades. And the result is destroyed soils. What's great, we can bring them all back and we can bring them back within our lifetimes and they will suck so much carbon out of the atmosphere that it will actually start cooling the planet. Now are you that saying- That shit happened before. Are you saying the, the carbon is get, getting pulled into the soil or the carbon's getting pulled into the plants that grow out of the soil? Plants. Both. Okay. All right. So you've got you've got plants in soil, and if you remember high school biology, they respire and they also photosynthesize. Photosynthesize. Uh, Greg doesn't remember. Photosynthesis is taking is using sunlight as the energy source to take carbon dioxide and turn it into sugar. At night, the plant will eat some of that sugar and do what we all do we respire we respirate and that doesn't mean just breathing it means harvesting the energy that was put together with solar energy and carbon and harvesting that back out so that we can run our metabolic functions without that you die and you die instantly all right it's like if, if your brain stopped metabolizing you got three minutes and you're post-toasted uh, you're, you're just done you're done for the world right so the sugar that they don't eat though that's the interesting part the sugar that the plants do not eat they don't just store it they they do store a lot of it that's what makes the plant mass trees that's what the wood's made out of it turns into lignin and all that kind of stuff that's where into, you get the structure of the tree ligma. but even after all even after all that's done there's excess sugar left over. So what happens is that they throw it down into their roots and their roots sweat it out. And they're not doing it just to get rid of it. They're doing it because they have a symbiotic relationship with all the critters in the soil, fungi, bacteria, protozoa. Well, yeah, let's go with, let's start just the, the, the three smallest ones, protozoa, bacteria, and fungi as the tree or plant or grass, about 98% of all the world's plants has some kind of relationship with something else that ain't a plant and it's in the soil. The, the, it's, and when I say that it dumps sugar out, I'm not saying to think of it like a bag of, of your table sugar. There's 50,000 different kinds of sugar the way that you can configure it. If you look at carbon like Lego blocks, they're all like the same kind of block, but as you start fitting them together, they can form almost anything. Sugar's the same way. There are certain critters in the soil that want mannose and not sucrose. There's other critters in the soil that want glucose and not dextrose, but the OSE on the ass end of all those words denotes it as a sugar. There's lactose, there's mannose, there's dextrose, there's glucose, there's all kinds of shit. There's like, there are sugars out there that we haven't even named. And each one of them have a specific chemical configuration. When a plant decides that it can exude, it doesn't mean that a plant can exude all of the possible sugar combinations, but there's a lot more than just a few, okay? Each one of these will attract a different critter. And each one of those critters will go and they'll chew on that sugar and they will emit something in their poop that the tree actually needs, like being able to chelate manganese, uh, manganese 
and into a form that the plant can use, whereas before it couldn't. So it's harvesting the it's harvesting the work that the bacteria does by basically giving it candy. So it's some kind of like uh, we have the gut bacteria, right? Some kind of symbiosis exactly. like that. Yeah. It's it's exactly like if you got rid of all your gut bacteria and ster like if you sterilized your gut, you'd be dead and you'd be dead in a day. Yeah. There's no way that you can get the kind of nutrients that you need without all the, the flora that's in your body. Same thing with the soil. So you can literally look at the soil as the gut of the world. So what's happening though, is that as that, as that organism's eating and chewing on those sugars, it's not like the CO2 that's being like released is, or it's not like, it's not like what it poops out is pure CO2 as it digests sugar, like yeast turns it into alcohol and CO2. A, the CO2 gets a little trapped because it's in soil, right? But it also is converted into other things. So the carbon stays in the soil. When the Europeans came over to the United States or came over to the, the Americas at the time, before they were United States, you had America. Three, America. four. Don't, don't forget that. The, the, uh, the Americas, as it was known at the time. We made But you, you were talking about. <laughs> you were talking. <laughs> we we were talking about like. We are talking about like three and four foot deep topsoil that was black as coal. Really? I dare you to go find any of it now. Because the minute that that shit got ripped up and got. Why did it get ripped up? Got exposed to the atmosphere the oxygen in the atmosphere burned off the carbon. Every time we plow fields, the oxygen in the atmosphere burns off the carbon and we lose more carbon every single year. We used to have soils that were rated at somewhere, like as far as we can tell, there was probably top soils that had somewhere between eight and 13% carbon in the soil. You're lucky to be getting three all of that carbon has been released into the atmosphere so all these people that are bitching about the oil oh it's the oil industry you have no clue you have no fucking clue just how much carbon was actually released because we decided that it was a good idea to plow soil so how do you farm without plowing doing seed drill no-till cover crops and animals and you do it i would go through it all but it would take way more time it's sort of like like it, it asked me to explain to you bitcoin everything that you need to know about it inside of a couple of minutes explain yeah. to me bitcoin everything i need no, to know about it i can't do it you've got to do the damn research you've been like we've all been here before the the complexity of what we're talking about when it comes to Bitcoin by itself is it, I, it, it's astounding. That's why nobody ever leaves the rabbit hole. We can't get out because there's always something around the goddamn corner that's like, oh, shit, that's pretty cool. I, I, no, I was going to leave, but I don't know. Stripper on the pole looks pretty damn cool. I didn't know that that was here. All right. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same thing with explaining what uh, untapped growth is doing. And by the way, if you're also not following Modern T-Man at Modern T-Man on Twitter, he's he's actually the only Bitcoiner that lives anywhere close to me. Me and him actually get to go get coffee. It's amazing oh, nice. to just chill out with Modern T-Man because we live like 15 minutes away from each other. He I get, I, will I, be I, on the pod in February. Do what? He will be on the pod in February. Nice. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's 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 the good guy. I like that guy a lot. I'm gonna go see. Uh, we're gonna have coffee on Saturday, but yep. he would tell you the same thing. What we're talking about here: how animals interact with the land, how we don't have to plow the soil to be able to get the food that we need, and in fact, if we don't plow the soil and we do it the way we do it in a different way we'll actually end up with more food the problem is that we're not really growing food are we 
if you were to strike out into a cornfield at harvest right now in Iowa, Oklahoma, North Texas, and you rip an ear of corn off a plant and think you're going to sink your teeth into a nice juicy morsel, good fucking luck. What it's going to taste like is chalk because it's grown to make ethanol out of and or high fructose corn syrup. Almost 90% of the corn that you see growing is not food corn. And it's the same way with soybeans. It's the same way with, I'm not going to say wheat and barley because that actually, that's okay. Insofar that it goes to actually make bread. But most of the grain crops and bean crops that we grow, unless it's like sugar snap peas or green beans or something like that, if it's soybean, they're not making tofu out of it. So you're, you're okay making, with it going to make bread, but not okay to make beer? No, you have to have barley to have beer. You, dude, no, that, no, uh, don't take my barley away, bitch. All right, fair <laughs> enough. That's like, that, you gotta that kill those happen. younglings. Yep. And what's crazy too is even in uh, my uh, great great grandparents, they were telling me that even tomatoes and stuff had started to taste different in their lifetimes because it goes back to your soil as well, right? So if we're not doing a regenerative nutrient dense soil, your food's not going to taste as good because it's now it's just a plant growing on whatever it can. And yeah, that, that was interesting to learn that. Or And then when you go down this rabbit hole a little bit, you see, oh, that's why, because we're just artificial nutrients or whatever they skate by feeding it. I yeah. send you, I send you some tomatoes, Jennifer's. Don't worry. All right, brother. And there's there's something to be about the the, the nutrient dense. And modern tea man goes on about this quite a bit. I'm reading a book right now. <clears throat> that's a collection of transcripts from a podcast from a regenerative agriculture podcast. I don't read fiction anymore. I can't, I, I don't have time. I just want to read more soil books. I've read like 40 books about soil. I don't, I don't know why it's just, it's one of those things that's fascinating. And it's just, to me, it's just as fascinating as Bitcoin, but this, there's this one part. Only 40, only 40 books. That's it. That's enough. And <laughs> I got more to go. I got more, I got way more to go. I like every time I look around, it's like one more book by Gabe Brown or Joel Salatin or something. And it, it, these guys just are a wealth of information, but go back to the nutrient dense thing. I'm reading this section in this book right now where this agricultural biochemist is talking about the, the chelation is, can be good, but it can also be bad. Because chelation can turn something that turn something that wouldn't be available to a plant into something that the plant can use, but chelation can also, depending on how it's chelated, basically it just means combining with something else. Like iron gets chelated with something else, and then that can go into like a plant. But iron can also be chelated with something else different, and it's not available to the plant. Glyphosate or Roundup chelates micronutrients in the soil in a way that makes them not available to the plant. You're not getting the manganese, the cobalt, you're not getting the copper. And these plants, every, every single, you're getting every into, single roundup, right? Do what? You're getting into genetically modified organisms and why it's important yeah. that glyphosate yeah. and roundup take these nutrients. Yeah, well, it's not that the, the the way that Roundup generally works, and they don't really talk about it a lot, but you spray a plant with it and it kills the plant because it interferes with its ability to produce protein, its own proteins for use in, the, in its own cells on a daily basis, not, not for us. So it kills that, it, it kills that permanently. If your plant is Roundup ready, then it's got a gene. Actually, it's got some a whole host of mechanisms that basically after the plant's ability to produce proteins in the real way that plants are supposed to do it gets destroyed. This mechanism picks up and is able to nurse that plant along from a different protein synthesis pathway. So the plant can still kind of do it to enough that it doesn't die. And then, but all the weeds die because they were not wrapped up ready. 
But on another note, the glyphosate itself just so happens to have an effect that they didn't really, even if they knew about it, they either covered it up or they didn't give a shit or whatever, but it has a tendency to chelate micronutrients that you need as nutrition in your food coming up through the plants that make it available. And we wonder why, you know, we have children's vitamins. That's why. It, I was like, find me children's vitamins in 1870. They weren't there. They didn't need them. I, I, got, I can't imagine why we need them now. So I think that the end of this story should just simply be that, thank God, regenerative agriculture and Bitcoiner or it, regenerative agriculture people and Bitcoiner people have collided. And I don't know what's going to shake out of this, but I know it's going to be awesome as fuck. That's all I can Bitcoiners say. Save the world. I, we do shit. We just yeah. think about shit different. It's just, it's amazing how much we've been taught to just not think about stuff. It's Actually, we've, I don't even know if we were taught to not think about stuff as much as we just were never engaged to actually think. And we got used to it. It's an edge effect, right? Where Bitcoin meets a uh, permaculture. Yeah, I guess I should probably talk about edge effect unless you want to talk about something else first. Get after it. Tell All me right, about edge, edge effect. effect. Edge effect. There is <clears throat> this notion in biology, agriculture, agroforestry, ecology in general, right? Um, that if I, like, let's say I have a forest and then that forest has an edge, or in other words, an end. The trees just stop growing. And then there's a prairie. Those are two completely different systems, but they share a common boundary. In that boundary, if, you, if you've walked, if you've ever been around a forest, and forest to savanna or prairie is the easiest thing to, to think about here. If you've ever walked to a forest across some like a whole bunch of grass the second that you get to the edge of that forest you have three things you've got trees you've got shrubs and you've got grass if you were back out all you've got is grass and if you walk in all you've got is trees at the edge there's three things you get one more thing at the edge because you have this collision of these two systems and they're talking to each other right at the edge. And that conversation causes more interest as in, or, or as opposed to the grasslands just being silent and the forest just being silent. When they touch, they start talking. And that talking is a conversation. And listening to that conversation is one of the most interesting things that you'll ever listen to but you actually have to stop and listen. So this happens at the edge of like grass and then a pond. There's aquatic life and then there's prairie life. But right at the edge, you get grass and fish and a whole bunch of, you know, little water critters, but you also get reeds and different kinds of, of plants that are growing and they can't grow in the middle of the pond but they also can't grow in the middle of the prairie. They have to be on this edge. So you get you either get grass or you get water or right at the edge, you get three things. You get grass, you get water and all the stuff that's in it. And then you get this extra deal. So the edge effect is simply a situation that happens where the synergies between two systems as they rev up against each other make more than two. And that's what's important here. And watching regenerative agriculture and Bitcoin rub up against each other, I have no idea what's going to fall out of it. But it's going to be like Bitcoin, which does a lot, does enough. And you've got regenerative agriculture, put them together. Citadel. What is, what's this one going to be? What is this going to look like? 
just like that. What's it going to look like? I love it. So basically, when you have two things rub up on each other, they, they create a baby. That's, That's true. <laughs> Unless they're both strippers, which is oh, which could be cool too, back. I suppose. Yeah, yeah let me bring the strippers. strippers. There you Everybody go. Yeah, bring them back. There we go. <laughs> strippers and blow, man. Strippers and blow. <clears throat> now, you've been podcasting for a while, and recently been talking about uh, podcasting 2.0, Breeze, and. Uh, getting streaming sats, getting paid for your content without actually having to, uh, you know, do sponsorship like we do. Um, uh-huh. what, what, uh, what have you been finding out as you explored that, uh, that new realm? It's, it's an interesting situation. Cause my one thing is that, uh, was it Saturday night, my lightning node went down. It just decided to, give me the finger and run off with you know i don't know run off with a junkie or something like that i'm well aware we have we have we have lightning channels together they were down they were down yeah as as everybody can attest here that i i I never pay attention to my lightning channels (laughs) yeah right i no, i pay attention to your lightning channel until i couldn't uh but my note is now back up and safe and everything came back which i'm (laughs) <laughs> that was scared the piss out of me, man. But um, I have a few listeners that are streaming me sats when I release a new show. And because it's like, I'm looking at my metrics because I haven't put out a show since Friday, right? Here it is on Thursday. So we're like, what, six, you know, five, six days, you know, past me, you know, having any kind of new content out. And what I found is that when I look at metrics on SoundCloud, which is where I keep my uh, files hosted, I've, I'm getting like a lot of listens. But the only time that I actually get sat streamed to me is when I release new content. And I think what that is, is not because, oh, I'm going to take it over to my other podcast app where I can stream this guy's sats. I think what it is, is that they're always using that app and they can, they're, they're really ever only going to stream me sats when they go, oh shit, a new one. I've already heard all the rest of the ones, so I'm not playing those again. So I'll play the new one. So I haven't had sats streamed to me since the last episode. However, on SoundCloud, people have been listening all through the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I don't get dick from it, which is fine. I, 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 you like the dick, though. I don't want to. You want to get it. I, I don't want to sound like it's like, hey, man, you know, listen to my show. Give me money as much as it's I find it fascinating that there's a lot more people on the legacy podcast system than there is on podcasting 2.0. It's fresh. And it, yeah, it's very fresh. And it would behoove us to, I don't know, tell people to go get podcasting 2.0 stuff. Uh, just just a thought what is that Maybe stuff we it's, do some free other, advertising for them other than breeze what are we talking about uh <laughs> God, so, wow, that the name of that thing i was just listening to a podcast where they, matt odell was talking to princey and he's like he said the name of the the podcast or the uh the uh, website like 15 times and i can never remember that it's like i think it's newpodcastapp.com hold on I think it was the uh, it was Matu Matu.com. It might have been. Uh, so, uh, I don't think that's it. Anyway, anyway, this this entire the whole podcast 2.0 thing is is a kind of, I guess a brainchild of um of uh Adam Curry. And I don't know if you I, I, it's an Indian. Pretty sure dish. everybody hears her, Adam Curry. Uh, Steph, Steph's older brother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because uh, I usually get to, the basil was, curry, but so <laughs> him and some people have basically kind of hooked up with the guy, like uh, some guys over at uh, Sphinx, and since since then, the idea of podcasting 2.0 is kind of like really started taking hold, or not actually, I guess getting a getting some legs beneath it and walking around and doing shit and reaching for things. 
<clears throat> so it's the ability to take an RSS feed, which is like when I have my podcast, when I, when I, I guess Monday is when I'll do it, like my next podcast. When I take that and I upload it to SoundCloud where it's hosted, anybody that has the RSS feed, which is like a, the, like a, I guess like a web address or a URL for all the shit on where I'm hosting my podcast, you'll like, if you get that line of code, which looks a lot like a regular old uh, URL and you paste it into an RSS feeder or if you're using a podcast app and you've subscribed to the show, you're actually leveraging the RSS feed, but you'll never see it. You, you don't need to know that it's happening because it all happened in the background. Well, podcasting 2.0, I take my RSS feed as it's given to me from, uh, from SoundCloud and I copy the line of code or, or the, the, the address and I take it and I drop it over into a website over uh, Adam Curry's, I, I want to say... I can't remember the name of that. Oh, God damn it. I wish I, I, I knew we could talk about this and I'd have it prepped. I don't know the site, but you drop the RSS feed in there and they change it. And they say, what's your lightning node address? And what's your RSS feed? And they take the RSS feed and they chelate it with your lightning address. And once that's done... It gets sucked up into the two into any podcasting 2.0 app. And if you're using one, then you have the chance to stream me sats and you don't have to do anything other than listen to the podcast. And while you're listening to it, if you're streaming, if you say, Hey, I want to give this guy one sap per minute, it's going to go to me and nobody else. It's not going to accidentally go to somebody else's podcasting 2.0 app because you're on my RSS feed which was chelated with my lightning address. My lightning node is like literally right over there. It's a little box, not like that big. And it streams right into my node. Nobody is, is in a position to be able to capture those set, uh, Satoshis but me. So that again is another edge effect because now I've got Bitcoin, I've got a podcast, I've got a lightning node. And all of these things are rubbing up against each other. And it's caused me to be able to spend $300 on a lightning node and have somebody I've never known stream me sats while I stream them my dulcet tones. So we're in a really brave new world, man. And it's just really exciting. All right. Now, I, I know that uh, RD has been dying to ask you a question. So I want to uh, give the floor to him here. Um, Labrador, he does he does a better RD than me. No, please, no. RD. Go ahead, please. Mate. Mate. Okay, Dave. This is always my question. If the if the meme factory did exist, which one of the meme factory would you like? Which one would you retweet and which one would you mute? Oh, like from like you guys, which like which of you guys I'd retweet and which of you I'd mute. Oh you man, that's it. like picking it's like picking children, man, from a burning house. That's not fair. Yes. All right. <laughs> Nobody said it'd be fair. All right. Okay, so let's do the retweet one first. I retweet Greg pretty much more than anybody else. So I'm gonna pick Greg for that one. Boo. Um who would I mute? Come on, man. Don't do this to me. Mute me. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Yellow. It's yellow. I'd mute, I'd mute the <laughs> shit out of yellow just to have some fun. <laughs> and then what was what was the uh, second second one? There was follow or uh, and like. retweet, mute, oh, and like. I don't like any of y'all. Y'all suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer. That's the right Good answer. Force. <laughs> Gonna go with chair force. All Let's right. Go. Woo. Oh. All right, now, if, uh, if anybody who's paying attention tonight liked what you were talking about, do you have any books you might recommend or any podcasts Shit. you might recommend? Um, yeah, Survival Podcast with Jack Spirico. It's the survival podcast. Um, read anything. Uh, oh, what's the name? I can't remember the name of the book. Gabe Brown 
is also known as Farmer Gabe Brown. That's G-A-B-E and the color brown. He's one of the first cats. I think he's out of South, I want to say South Dakota. Um, he's one of the first cats uh, in, ag, in big ag that started looking completely different at the way that he was going to start, he was going to continue to do agriculture. I mean, talk about corn and grain farmer. He's now in his 70s, I'm pretty sure. He started changing the way he was doing uh, agriculture because of what he was learning about the soil 30 years ago. He's one of the first, he's one of the pioneers of looking at soil and agriculture as a farmer, as somebody who makes his living as a farmer and not as an, uh, an academic telling farmers what they should do, even though these academics have never farmed a day in their life. Neither have I either, but so I'm never going to tell a farmer what the fuck to do. I'm like trying to learn everything that I can. So Gabe Brown, anything from Joel Salatin. Joel Salatin is a farmer out. He's either in Virginia or West Virginia. I can't remember which. Uh, he has a completely regenerative farm. Uh, Curtis Stone. He is a YouTuber. And I'm. if you go back and look at his old stuff, uh, it's Urban Farmer. Curtis Stone. He's one of the first guys that I started listening or watching his uh, his uh, videos about farming in an urban environment, like front lawn, back lawn. He would rent people's front lawns and their back lawns and grow shit on it. And he'd pay their water bill and take all the produce and sell it as a, at, at farmer's markets and in grocery stores. So he didn't actually have to buy the land. He would just rent his neighbor's property. And he would plant... He would till, he doesn't till anymore, but when he first started, he'd till it, kill all the grass, plant row crops, harvest lettuce and greens and shit. And it was like actually an amazing kind of model because he wasn't paying for the land. And he did really well. So uh, urban farmer, Curtis Stone, uh, who else? Uh, One book, oh, uh, One Straw Revolution. I cannot pronounce, nor can I spell the name of the Japanese author, but One Straw Revolution will blow your socks off. And I just got finished reading again, cannot remember the name of the author, For the Love of Soil. It's deep. It's a thick tome, but it's fascinating. Um, Last one that I'll mention is Teeming, uh, Teeming with Fungi. And that's spelled T-E-A-M-I-N-G teeming with with this play on words teeming as in like oodles of but it's teamwork whatever <clears throat> i think the author's name is lowenfels but it's teeming with fungi he's also got teeming with nutrients and teeming with bacteria uh the fungi book is is really good and then read um uh mycelium running from paul stamets that book will kill you Stamets You'll read great. that book and go, what the hell have we been doing? I, that's, I mean, by, and by the time I even got to that book, I already knew a shitload of stuff. And I read that book and I'm like, I don't, I, I'm surprised we're all still alive. I'm, I literally am surprised we haven't killed ourselves. And it does not mean that you got to stop, you know, driving around in your car. It doesn't mean that you can't run your heat in the wind. If that, all that is bullshit. Anybody who tells you that crap lying through the damn knows what we've done is all we've done is destroyed the ability of the earth to take that carbon up because we've destroyed the gut of the world what do you what do you think it's going to take you know like for example with bitcoin right when, when you talk about like hyper bitcoinization it's a lot of times i think about it i'm like you're not going to get the whole world to just start studying austrian economics versus keynesian economics and like it's just gonna kind of happen. There might be some type of event that happens, whether that's hyper, you know, or hyperinflation or something that happens, and people make that switch, and then they just kind of don't even realize it. And now they're using Bitcoin instead of using fiat. Do you think there's gonna be something like that? Like what? What do you think it's gonna take to happen to have like a regenerative ag world? Is it gonna okay. be something along that lines? Do you think? Or yeah. How do you foresee that happening? uh multiple farm foreclosures on broad scale or broad acre scale situations here's what i mean by that 
we're at a place where chemical agriculture is just not going to be able to grow another damn thing. Could be 10 years, could be 20, but we're coming there. We're coming fast. And at one point or another, somebody somewhere in the Midwest is going to put a corn seed in the ground and they're going to put all the same shit on it. And it's just not going to grow. And when that happens four times in a row, they're going to sell that property for dirt cheap. And here comes modern T man. And here comes untapped growth. That'll pick that shit up at auction for pennies an acre because it's trash land and they'll look at it and go, I know what I can do to this thing in five years. You get a whole shitload of people that want to get out of the cities and all of a sudden everybody's being taught how to do like agriculture, like what we're doing now, like talking about it and getting people interested in it. By the time that shit starts happening, because it will happen. And you'll, you'll, we're, we're talking thousands and that like thousand acre parcels of land will literally go for a hundred bucks because modern agriculture, industrial agriculture, they can't think this way. All we got to do, all we literally have to do is put animals back on it. And for the time being, until grass can start growing back on that shit, yes, we will have to import like hay and stuff like that. This can all be done. It doesn't mean that it's easy, and it certainly doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight, but you're going to see a shit ton of cheap land that nobody can do anything with. You're going to see a shit ton of Bitcoiners that want to get out of cities and get back onto the land, and you're going to have educators like Modern Team Man and Untapped Growth, and the spawn that they're going to come up with like the, the people that they teach are going to start putting the word in the street and the, then they're going to start teaching people. And in 10 years, you'll have a fuck ton of these people walking around going, I got Bitcoin. I want land. And this land is like going up for sale at the bank cheap. And I know exactly what to do with it. And are you, and are you seeing that like on a, on a small scale, you know, like for example, with Bitcoin, sometimes the signal is just the price, right? It's like, Okay, you got a Steve Hankey out there who's been saying Bitcoin's going to zero for eight years. You know, he said it's going to zero when the price is at like a hundred dollars, and now it's sixty something thousand dollars. So it's like obviously he's wrong, and like there's some signal there. Are you seeing that too? Like that you know regenerative ag guys are coming in and are switching up farms from you know from the chemical farms to to more regenerative ag farms now yeah there it takes a while um and a while can depending on what they do it can be anywhere between start seeing results in three years to start seeing results in five years but they'll start seeing results and then they if they continue on the track those results get better every harvest and yeah. yet still your neighbor like if if like let's say that i got a thousand acres and I grow, I don't know, let's say that I'm, I'm still doing like commodity ag, but I'm doing, doing it in a regenerative way. So I'm still selling corn and it's probably not food corn, but I'm doing it regeneratively after three years, I will start matching the kind of bushel output that my chemical neighbor, my chemical farmer neighbor will be doing, but I'm not putting any inputs. I'm not buying fertilizer. I'm not buying pesticides. I'm not, I'm not buying three things. And each one of those things that I buy, I got to apply with the tractor, which means I don't have to pay for that diesel. I don't have to pay for the herbicide diesel. I don't have to pay for whatever the fuck this is diesel. I don't have to run my tractor three times. And then I don't have the maintenance cost because I didn't have to run my tractor three times. See what I'm saying? So now mm -hmm. I'm saving money on not having to buy three things, not having to apply it three times, and saving money on how much my tractor has to be fixed because it's not actually in the field anymore. Not, not for very, not like it was. So if I get the exact same results as my chemical neighbor farmer, I'm still ahead of that asshole because I didn't have to buy anything. He said the seed, right? So now it gets better and better. And yet that chemical farmer will still look at you like you were crazy. There are Which like, is like just Joel, like a kid's in economy, salad. Right? yeah they just can't understand it they economy. can't wrap their head around it even if they see the results for themselves they'll be like 
you're you're just you, you're insane and then they just walk away and they do the same shit that they did last year and then wonder why their soil is even worse why their bushel counts are going down why they're having to pay more for fertilizer and then apply more fertilizer that they're paying more for anyway it's it's bizarre yeah like their fertilizer is basically inflation <laughs> kind of it's killing it's killing them they don't even realize it yeah it's the thing is the thing is bad it's it's a bad situation because farmers for 70 years since well post-world war ii uh is when we got chemical fertilizers because they couldn't make bombs anymore but the same shit that goes into fertilizers also happens to be very explosive so they just reapplied it to the farm and said you got to buy bags of this shit if you don't buy bags of this shit you're you're gonna you, you won't survive and people bought it hook line and sinker and now they're on the treadmill of continuously having to apply it until we get to a point where that last application doesn't do shit and then all of a sudden the bitcoiners come in and say i got a low time preference i can wait 15 years i can i can i can do this in 10. i can look at this as, as a as a five-year project and bring it back to life and it'll happen that's what's gonna and i i believe that that's what's gonna happen yeah it, sounds it like makes you wonder too if like there's an industrial industrial like cattle uh rancher not it's not even a ranch then but you get what i'm saying if you could take their waste and spread it on the land constantly well if that that would speed up the process if that's an option it it, it can but you're you're what you're going to end up doing is paying for trucking cost yes. and you know and you can say it look when we took the animals off the land, we made a mess because now they're shitting in one place. The cow is designed as a solar powered grass eating shitting machine that fertilizes everywhere it goes. And what did we do? We stuck them all in the same place. And when you have too much of anything, it sucks. If I have too many hookers and Coke, it's probably gonna kill me. <laughs> if, if, if I got a cow what? that shits in the exact same place, it's gonna kill that land. If you spread it out, there's always a sign there's always a sign in a redneck bar somewhere that says love is like manure. It's no good unless you spread it around. I ain't lying. If you keep it all piled up in one spot, it's no longer useful. It's actually is a, is a, um, it's a liability. Well, a it's a liability, but it's a, like a chemical waste dump. Th and that's why I, we got to let Labra go outside more often. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And hey, gentlemen, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but I am coming to the time that I need to really start thinking about going to dinner. My kids got to go to school tomorrow. Yep. Um, I don't know how long y'all normally go, but nope, yeah, we're at one the point, end you know, my wife is probably going to break through the glass at the, on that door and tell me to fuck off or, or <laughs> come to dinner or leave. So, um, is there, uh, how you want, how y'all want to wrap this up? I think that's it, David. I think we're just, uh, we're all really happy that you came on here. Uh, I think you've enlightened me, uh, if not anybody else. Oh, for uh, sure. Really appreciate the content. So uh, I'll be listening to Bitcoin and uh, why don't you tell everybody who's paying attention where they can find you. It'll also be in the show notes, but uh, go ahead and then we'll wrap yeah, it. Yeah, uh, Bitcoin and is the name of the podcast. Uh, I am David Bennett and Nunya Business on uh, Twitter. However, that Twitter handle is actually at b-e-n-n-d-7-7 this is probably the worst twitter handle on the planet don't ask me why it was just back in 2011 when this shit came up i'm like well i'll i'll, I'll test out twitter and i set up an account and I, I i don't know why i picked that one but i did and i left twitter alone for like years and then picked it back up because i got into bitcoin bitcoin brought me back to twitter so b-e-n-n-d-7-7 on twitter bitcoin and is the podcast and yeah that there you go man Appreciate I, your time, David. I will read you the news if you want to know what the <laughs> fuck's going on in bitcoin i will read you the news <laughs> appreciate good, david. your time david nice. thank you, thank you. It was awesome. have a good night thank you good night guys good night y'all thanks for having me i will night, come man. back anytime you guys want to this is fun i really
Share the 